I'm trying to sell them on a new way to look at their problem. And also, once I can help them acknowledge they have a problem, I can inch them towards solving the problem. Welcome to the Inside Scoop for Outside Sales, the show that dives deep with industry leaders to get you actionable insights to help field sales professionals like you grow and achieve more. Here's your host, Trey Gibson. Hey everybody, it's Trey Gibson, CEO and founder of Spotio, and you're listening to the Inside Scoop on Outside Sales. Today with me on the podcast, we have the Roop Hustler, Mr. Deshaun Bryant. Deshaun, how's it going? Oh man, I'm doing phenomenal, man. Sensational to, to be specific. I'm, I'm, I'm amazing. Fantastic. Uh, glad to be here. Uh, you know, you have seven years in door-to-door sales experience and you were so dang good at it that people said, hey, why don't you come teach us what you're doing to be so successful out there? So now you also help other companies learn how to do what you do. Is that right? Yep. Yep. So I fly around the country and I coach and train other sales teams where we go do in, in-person training. Well, not in-person training. We do office training and then we do actual field training as well. So I teach on mindset, skill set, and principles to give people mm. the, the tangible and the intangible things they need to be successful in the door-to-door -door industry. Yeah. Mindset, such an important door to door sales is tough. Like, I mean, there's, yeah. you know, people, we make cold calls here at Spotio and I'm like, team, you know, go and knock on someone's door. And it's a whole different experience when you're there face to face. So is that where you start is that mindset, making sure they're, they're right up here. Yeah. Cause so I, I'm a firm believer, like once you get your mind right, you can get your grind right. Right. So on Thursday, we got to really open up the mindset because the, the mind, like a parachute, it only work if it's open. So mm. we got to really open up the mind so they can be receptive to the training. Cause most people very standoffish or they like, man, I got this. I don't need no help. I don't need no training. So I got to really challenge them on day one. Yeah. I got to really like, as, as bad as the sound, I got to let them know, like, you're not as good as you think you are. Mm -hmm. Like you, you got a lot more room you can improve. So once I humble them, and once I'm transparent with them and they kind of get transparent with me and we open it up, now it makes it so much easier for me to train them Friday, Saturday and Sunday because now they're ready to receive, you know. And um, a lot of times in our, in our lives, we give people advice or we try to help people and they're not ready to receive. So the information fall on deaf ears. Mm. So on th Thursday, I beat them up really good. I, I, <laughs> I break them down to build them up. So once we get the mind right, then we can teach them all the skill set. Yeah, I've, I've went and watched um, your videos, and the thing I, I really like that that you do is is you you still do the work. Like you know, you're not one of these guys that that used to knock you know ten years ago and have this system that worked back. Like you still do this actively, and so what you teach is is relevant today. And you know what we're going to be talking about today is the power of selling with perspectives, which mm -hmm. I thought was really interesting. I've read a ton of sales books, I've taken a ton of classes, and I've never heard it called this. Um, uh, and so I, I think it's a unique way, uh, anyway, I don't want to steal your thunder, but tell me a little bit about the power of, of selling with perspectives and, and why it's important for the, the, the roofing industry. Yeah. So, but I, before I jump into that, I want to touch on to something that you said, like, I like to stay in the game, right? Like I, I had posted a post on Instagram the other day and I was like, people ask me, why do I still sell? They're like, man, you're killing the game with roof hustles. Why you still sell? And I say, cause I like to be up to speed on the insurance game because it's changing constantly. So I can't come and talk to you about something that was going on four years ago when it's been new changes a month ago. Right. And then also I say, it keeps me sharp. It keeps me on, it keeps me on my A game. And then I was like, we like EA sports, man. You know, like we in the game, you know, like, <laughs> you know? so <clears throat> 
we're not somebody outside, like you said, that's just talking that talk. We walk that walk too. And also that helps with the buy-in because they like, okay, he do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So selling with perspectives, right? Um, one one thing about me is I'm a rabbit hole chaser. So if, <laughs> if something comes to my brain, I'm like, I need to go chase that. Yeah. Because it can lead to a new training, new perspective, new information, right? So I was training a company and um, they was like, man, how the hell are you so good at like at the door? You get people to buy, you do all of these things. I was like, because the difference between you and I is you sell roofs. I sell perspectives. And they was like, what do you mean by that? I was like, well, you go into the door and you're trying to sell them a roof like everybody else trying to sell them a roof. I said, I'm going to the door and I'm trying to show them a new way to look at their roof. I'm trying to sell them on a new way to look at their problem. And also, once I can help them acknowledge they have a problem, I can inch them towards solving the problem. Right. You go into their house and talk about, hey, I can help you get a new roof, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to their house and I'm making them actually think. And like, so once I said that, I was like, I sell perspectives and I'm like, hmm, it got to be some deeper information on that. Right. So now I went now I went into student mode. So I'm like, let me go learn more about actually what is selling a perspective, because I know that's what I do. But let's go learn the tangible yeah. things. And I started doing the research, man, and it really blew my mind. And it's like two thirds out of salespeople fail to separate themselves. Right. So, Especially in roofing, right? Like, hey, yeah. I'm, you're got damage. Can I get a view of free inspection? Isn't like, I bet 98% of the roofers out there say the exact same thing at the, the door, don't they? Exact yeah. same thing, right? So I'm telling them, I'm like, man, you got to learn how to like change the way that you sell people. Mm-hmm. So I go do the research. Two thirds out of people fail to separate themselves, right? And there's a study. I don't know what the study was, like the, the title, but the study said like 12% of people that learn how to sell perspectives, like they, they improve like 12% improve it. And then another 22, another people. So how I go, they enhance their winning percentage by 12% when they start learning how to sell with perspectives and those who master how to sell with perspectives improve the, their winning percentage by 22%. So that's like 34% chance of winning once you learn how to sell with perspectives. Wow. So, so what is selling with perspective? Like exactly. It's going to somebody's house. And like I said, you give them a new way to view buying a roof. So when I go to people's house, right, I'm not caught up on like, oh, man, your insurance company pay for you to get a new roof. I get them to start looking at it different. So I got a couple of perspective sales that I use. One of them is like my car insurance perspective. So I go to somebody's house and I say, hey, man, that's a beautiful Cadillac outside. And it's like, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I say, let me ask you a question. Like if you if you're in traffic and like somebody give you a fender bender, what you going to do? And most people say, well, I'll call my insurance company. And I'm like, right? Because yeah. you want to take you want to take care of your property. They say, yeah. And I say, well, you see those missing shingles on your house? They say, yeah. I say, that's equivalent to a fender bender. Mm. So I say, let me ask you a question. Which one more valuable, your house or your car? <laughs> right, house. And then most people say, my, my house. Yeah. And I say, okay, so let's get the insurance company out here and have them take care of that fender bender on your property before it gets worse. So I didn't sell them a roof. I didn't tell them I'm going to put on a GAF shingle. I'm going to put right. on pill and stick underlayment. I gave them a new perspective, which is like, sheesh, I would call if my car was hit. Why wouldn't I take care of my biggest investment, which is my property? So, so now they viewing it different, right? Because perspective drives performance. How you view what you do will always determine the level of effort and energy in which you do what you do. So how, how you view something going to change how you treat it. So now they view their house as like, shoot, 
I would take care of my car before my biggest investment. Man, that I'm living sense, yeah. I'm I'm yeah. living life backwards, right? <laughs> so now they're looking at me like, okay, so what I need to do next? Yep. Okay, well, let me get up there and give you a free inspection and we'll take it from there, right? So that's one perspective that I use. Another one that I use is the save money perspective, right? I say, hey, um, they're like, nah, we good. We don't need nothing. I, say, I completely understand. I say, you want to know something? Um, I, I've been doing daughter sales for about seven years now. And I've, I've noticed most people save for college. Most people save for vacations. Most people save for like, you know, family trips. Like they save for all of these things. I was like, you know what people don't save for? And most people say, what? I say a roof. All right. Yeah, right. And they say, huh? I say, you know what you do? They say, what? I say, you pay an insurance company for 20 years. I say, because if you was taking that premium that you was paying an insurance company and you was putting it in a saving account, yeah. when, 15, when 15 years here, you'll have money to buy a roof and we wouldn't be having to worry about this discussion because you'd already have that money put up. Yeah. I, I was like, but you've been paying an insurance company for 20 years and now you're afraid to use them. And I say, um, if you if you want to pay somebody and they do nothing for you, I can give you my, my bank account and you can just pay me. <laughs> and I, and yeah. I won't do nothing for That's, you, right? That gets a laugh every time, I guarantee Every time, you. every time. <laughs> and we was in North Carolina training recently. And when I, I used the safe perspective on her, the lady literally looked at me and was like, you're right, I've been living here for 15 years. I haven't been saving for this roof at all. She was like, all right, you guys can get up there and look at it. Just let me know what's going on, right? Nice. So when you sell with perspectives, people don't pay you for product knowledge. People don't mm-hmm. pay, people pay you for your insight. People pay you for novelty. Yeah. People pay you because they want you to give them a new way of looking for something. Mm-hmm. People pay you for the stuff they can't Google. Right. Like that's what they pay you for, the stuff that they can't go <laughs> look up online. So I'm, I was like, wow, man, when you sell with perspectives, now you allow people to visualize the things that's taking place. And human beings, we are visual creatures and people go to the door and they word people to death. Oh, for word. sure. Yeah. Words, yeah. words, 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 words. We don't think in words. I, like I've never dreamt a paragraph. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we, we dream visions like we dream movies like we dream little short films you know what i mean like whatever that dream may be you're a superhero or you know maybe i'd have had dreams when my grandma died like we don't all had all types of dreams right but you can visually see that stuff but people sell with words and i say the disconnect between why you're not selling is because you're trying to word them to death versus allowing uh, versus painting a picture that they could put themselves in so they could make a decision you know, for someone that doesn't do roofing sales, but they want to take this concept and explore it with their vertical or their industry, like how can they how can they think about that? How can they look at here's what I'm doing now, or here's my product or service, and I want to I want to start introducing perspectives to it. So Solar do an amazing job with it already, right? Mm-hmm. Sam Taggart, that's one of my homies. If you can get him on here, phenomenal guy, and he talks about how before electricity, everybody would still use the whale wax, right? So when they sell in solar, they say, by you still sticking with the same electricity, you like the people that still go and chase the whale wax mm-hmm. versus buy it until, you know, Benjamin Franklin's new electricity. Yeah. So that right there is selling a perspective. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not selling solar. That's right. giving them a new way to visualize the way they're buying their power, right? Yeah. So for every industry, what I like to encourage people to do First and foremost, have fun. Mm-hmm. Be creative. Yeah. Like stop being rigid. 
Stop, stop being like, I need to say A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right? So I used to make music, right? And um, I used to, I used to rap back in the days. I stopped rapping when I was like 25. So when I got into sales, I was really good at creating similes and metaphors. Mm. So that's what I tell people to do. Get good at creating a simile or a metaphor. Like how can you turn alarms into a metaphor? So where yeah. somebody can view it different so they can start looking at it different versus just saying, oh, man, alarms this alarms that. But you like create a picture of like, hey, man, it was just a homeowner down the road. Right. Um, somebody broke into their house or blah, blah, blah. They weren't protected. They lost all of their stuff. Imagine if you can be at the grocery store and you get an alert and somebody says somebody's at your property and you can look at your phone and you can see them. Wouldn't that give you a peace yeah. of mind? Yeah, it's we just got an alarm. We moved houses, got a new alarm, and yeah, that's like the. I never bought it for like the the core. Uh, what am I trying to say? We bought it for the core alarm function. Like, hey, we can turn it on when we leave. But like what you just said around knowing when someone's. I use the damn doorbell thing in the back camera in my backyard more. It's like it's. Imagine if you could know when someone is at your front back side gate, who they are and what they're trying to do. I was like, dang, sign, you know, sign me up for that. Sign me up, right? Yeah. Because because yeah. that's a new perspective of looking at safety. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's, I can protect my family and I don't even got to be home. I can hit the alarm button and the police are coming. I'm not even home. Oh, yeah, I need that. Yeah. Right? So I, I think selling with perspectives, man, is such a game changer. And a lot of people don't. A lot of people just um, they don't chase their rabbit holes, man. So I'm always trying to um, find unfair advantages. Sure. To 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 surpass my industry. And once I once I like really thought about it, I'm like, wow, I just sell perspectives. I don't really sell roofs. And once you learn how to master selling perspectives, man, you'll outsell your competition at a high level. One of the things that that I noticed um, about what, what you just said is this kind of that door approach. And, and this is pretty tactical, but I think it's important is you're not selling the product. And I saw on, on one of your other videos, you even brought this up about people start selling the, I knock your door and I'm going to start talking about the shingles I'm going to put on. Like that's not, it's, we're setting an appointment, right? I'm trying to get to that next step. And so it sounds like you see that problem with other uh, roofing companies that you coach is they're, they're rattling through the product and how we're going to do this install and all that crap. We don't even know if they have damage yet. Right. Yeah, man. A lot of people, I call them monologuers and they say, what? I'm like, you just go to the door and you monologue. You say everything that you supposed to say and you hope somebody say yes. I teach people conversation creates buy-in presentation creates blockage, Right. So when you present to somebody, they guard up. When you're talking to somebody, they let you into their world. So I teach salespeople. I'm like, you got to learn how to have conversations versus going to somebody's house and trying to present to them, trying to sell them something. Yeah, we selling them something, but let's get to know them. Let's have a conversation because then they could buy in. And once they bought in, they could like you. And then they might not even care about your product or nothing you're selling. They just like, I like you. Let's do business. So, yeah, I teach people, man, stop. Nobody care if you put on a GAF shingle, Orange Corner shingle. You got a small percentage of people that's brand loyal. But um, most people just want novelty in the sales approach. And that's your responsibility as Mm. a salesperson to give them a new way to view what you do so they could buy in a way that they want to buy. Yeah, that's good. What's typically when you go out and coach with reps, what's typically like the biggest hurdle you have to overcome? You got a group of 10 or whatever. Like, is, is there a common 
theme you see that kind of breaks them free to be successful? Maybe it's the the, the conversation or, you know, is there, is there a commonality that you see that takes them to the next level? Believe it or not, I know you're going to be surprised by this answer. The biggest hurdle that I deal with when I go sell, deal with sales teams is immaturity. Oh, really? Yeah. Most of them very huh. immature. Yeah. Uh, so what do I mean by mature? Right. It's three keys to maturity. It's being submissive. Right. Being submissive, not, not compliant, mm. but doing something with enthusiasm, do, doing something with enthusiasm and excitement, enthusiasm and excitement. Like that's like if you telling, you know, one of your employees, go clean out the bathroom and they're like, yeah. whatever. And they just go do it so you can leave them alone. Yeah. They don't get the blessings and the lessons. Mm. In it. They just being compliant. They doing it so you can just get off their back. Right. So I go train some companies that don't knock doors. So I come that weekend and I got to yeah. get them into the habit of knocking doors. Oh, wow. So first thing first, they got to be submissive. Right. They got to knock doors with enthusiasm and excitement so they can really grow. Not just saying I'm doing this so the manager leave me alone. Right. Yeah. So submissive. Second one is obedience. Right. Which is you following somebody else's lead. But like the same thing, you do it and you're excited to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Attitude. Yeah. yeah. Right. And one man's obedience is tied to so many other men's destinies. Right. So you have to be obedient to the leadership. So like you got to be obedient to going out there six days a week, four hours a day. Even if you're not seeing the results that you want, just be obedient. Because mm. I promise the results going to come if you just stay obedient. Right. Right. So you, you got to be submissive. You got to be obedient. And then the last one is aqueous. What is aqueous to um to reluctantly do something without protest, which means, <laughs> which means you don't want to do it. It really don't align with your way of thinking. You would do it completely different, but you still do it. Yeah. Right. You still do it. So that's the biggest hurdle I deal with is immaturity. So most, some guys like submissive, obedient, but they still want to do things the way they want to do them. Yeah. Or maybe one guy is open to a new way of doing stuff, but he's not obedient. He don't really listen or follow directions. Right. Mm -hmm. So once I overcome those that that hurdle of being mature, once they once I get them to buy into like, hey, the thing that stopped you from going to that next level, it ain't your skill set, it ain't your mindset. It's you immature. You you such a grown man. You think the way that you do things is always the right way. You, you like and I tell them that all the time. I say I get it. I'm a grown man like y'all a grown man. I don't want nobody telling me what to do. But I say if your numbers and your bank account don't look the way you want it to look. Maybe you need to listen to something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. so th that's the biggest hurdle that I deal with is immaturity. Yeah. yeah. One of the questions we get asked all the time at Spotio is, you know, how do I hold my team accountable to knocking doors? Like, should they do a certain amount of doors a day? Should I, you know, there's all these kind of theories on, uh, I, I have a team, of, let's just take that example where it's a, you go in and it's a new, they've never knocked doors before, you know, boy. What are they? What should that leader tell the team, and, and how should they hold them accountable to ensure success? Because, like you said, it might take five, six days, you know, some repeatability to start seeing some things happen. Well, sometimes the gap in the game, right? The gap with some of these teams is um, the leader is telling somebody to do something that he doesn't do. Mm. Hey, man, go go knock doors, and they're like, okay, and then they out there, and they're like, well, what do we do? Like, yeah, how do you do this? Right. So it's like it's it's your job as a leader. The best way to hold them accountable right until they get to that level of autonomy is you got to go out there with them and show us how it how it's done. Right. Because when you go out there and show them how it's done, first of all, now they believe, 
oh, it's doable. Like, okay, he getting the results. I can get the results, right? Yeah. So, and then the big, another gap is like, this industry, everybody say they 1099s. Oh, 1099. And people hit 1099. They say, oh, that means they really not employees. They can kind of do, do what they I want to do. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's not what a 1099 means, bro. I say a 1099 just mean they get all their money. That just, <laughs> yeah. that just, yeah, you know, that just mean they don't get taxed. They don't yeah. get taxed. It's the only difference. I say at the end of the day, they're an employee. So the best way to hold your people accountable outside of knocking with them and making sure they out there is giving them a schedule. Mm. And making them stick to it. Don't let somebody be their own boss. Don't tell somebody they can create their own schedule. You tell yeah. them, I want you out there at this time until this time, these days and this time. Like yep. my first year, they told me I had to knock six days a week, four hours a day. And I was like, okay. So I, <laughs> <Yeah>. I knocked, <laughs> like, I didn't know no better. I didn't know nothing right. different. So I knocked six days a week, four hours a day. And I remember one time I was in the neighborhood and my boss called me. He's like, where you at? And I'm like, uh, I'm at the gas station. He's like, well, I'm in the neighborhood you at. And I'm like, oh, and, you know, I, I ran back to the neighborhood. Yeah. And ever since that day, <laughs> I, I never left the field because I'm like, mm-hmm. if he pop up on me, I want to make sure I look like I'm working. Right. Yeah. And and then the app like Spotio is phenomenal. Why? Because we all link to the same app. Right. So I can see if you out there actively knocking. And I know how long you've been out there because I see when you hit that first door and you said yeah. whether they was home or not home. And I saw when you hit that last door and you said whether they was home or not home. So I get to see the time frame you was out there. I get to see how many doors you know. I get to see how many people you talk to. I get to see all of those stats so yeah. I can hold you accountable that way as well. And they didn't pay me to say that. I just love Spotio. So I just want, I just <laughs> I want y'all to know it is a really good way to hold your people accountable because when we come in on Friday, I could say, nah, bro, I looked at Spotio, bro. You only knocked 10 doors. Right. So what no was you doing? You setting the appointments. Yeah, exactly. exactly. What was you doing? So that I think those are two ways. Get out there and show them how it's done and get some type of app or something that can hold them accountable and track them and give them a set schedule, schedule. and make them yeah. commit to it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, a couple of tactical things I wanted to ask just because, you know, we get at people ask us these questions. They ask our customer success managers like door knocking questions. And um, I was curious, like, let's say you you knock a door and, and you give them your pitch. Like, is there how many times do you try to overcome objections? Is there like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to overcome this two or three times and then move on? Or do you just kind of have a conversation and see what happens? So um, I got 11 door-to-door roof commandments that I live and breathe and die by, right? Because like I said, I hustle with principles, not feelings. <laughs> and um, nice. I got two principles for them, right? That'll help them. First principle is five no's before we leave the door. And the second one is if the door open, we keep talking. Mm. If somebody don't want to talk to you, they'll close the door. They'll close the door, right? Yeah. Right? But if they keep the door open, they like you. You just haven't said anything novel for them to say yes to yet. Yeah, so if yeah. that door open, they still like you and five no's before we leave the door. But um, the way you get through five no's, you need to have an objection manual. You need to practice. You need to study. You need to put in the repetition to be able to stand in the paint. That's what I call it, standing in the paint. You got to know how to stand in the paint when people give you heavy objections. So you role play then. So that's part of your deal is like they need to know those objections, what they're going to say. So, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, man. All the greats practice. Right. The sales industry is one of the industries I found where most people don't put in the time to prepare to be successful. They just want to be successful. Exactly. You know, that's the same thing we preach here. You know, Steph Curry takes what, 2000 shots or thousand shots a day. And he's, you know, no wonder he's the best shooter in history, right? Like it's, that, that's how it goes. He and, I, and, and we'll drill it down a little bit. 
he makes 73s in practice. That's wow. his goal. He, he want to make 73s in practice. And then in the game, when he make eight or nine, it's chump change because he just makes, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. He makes 70 in practice. So, yeah, most sales guys don't practice or prepare the way they should. Well, I, you know, we've gone through a lot today. I could still go and keep going, but uh, I wanted to let you tell the the listeners where they can find you because um, you have a lot to bring to the table. And I know there's going to be people that want to follow up. So how can people get a hold of you? Yeah. So like one of my marketing homies tell me, you know, it's always uh, the best way to be successful is just be easy to find. Right. So um, Roof Hustlers everywhere. Like you just look up Roof Hustlers, you're going to see me everywhere. On Instagram is Roof Hustlers. TikTok is Roof Hustlers. Facebook is Deshaun Bryant. But even if you look up Roof Hustlers, I'll pop up. Pop up. And um, so YouTube is the free training. That's where we teach skill set, mindset, all that stuff, principles. Instagram is strictly mindset. So it's strictly just mm. the one one minute clips that just like get you going before you get in the field. It, and Facebook is just my everyday life. I just be talking junk on Facebook. You know? <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah, I, I ain't too uh I ain't too coaching and stuff like that on Facebook. I just do me. Anything that um you wanted to cover today that we didn't get a chance to? Um we forgot. It, it only thing I would tell people is um finish the year strong, man. Like this is the time of year where most people start to idle and don't idle. Like even if you in a, in in a market that gets frozen over study, go to conferences, read the books, attend the seminars, like continue to keep your sword sharp. That way when season open back up, you already in mid season form. I was watching ESPN yesterday and they're talking about the dolphins. I'm a big dolphins fan. And they said, Tyreek Hill looked like he in mid-season form in preseason. Nice. That's what they said. He looked like he in mid-season form. Why? Because in the down season, he didn't just idle. Right. He kept putting in work. work. He kept studying. He kept, he he flew straight to Miami, got with Tua, got on the same page, started running routes, doing all those things. And salespeople, they get these big checks and during the down season, they do nothing. So don't let this, this third quarter, fourth quarter, um, be your, your demise, right? Don't let mm. this kill your momentum. Keep studying, keep training, keep putting in the work. That way when season get here, you already in mid-season form and you're killing the game right out the blocks. Nice. Stay strong. It's good stuff. Amen. Deshaun, great talking with you. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll talk to you later. My pleasure, man. Y'all be blessed, baby. You've just listened to the Inside Scoop on Outside Sales Podcast with your host, Trey Gibson. Please feel free to leave us a review and subscribe to our channel so you can catch our next episode. Thank you for listening.